This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Everybody, yeah, it's a, it's a much brighter start than it was on uh, Sunday evening. We'll say as that was, uh, I might have been under the influence. I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm not going to say or confirm or deny, but it was uh, it was a depressing Sunday, and uh, we're glad that uh, you're back with us here on the Go Birds Pod Number One Twenty Two. John Barcher to L.A. Shore Parks, who is drinking a cold brew pumpkin something or other yeah i just it's disgusting i, I honestly it feel bad disgusting. for people that won't just allow themselves to like pumpkin spice like i, I think now well, i like it's be- pumpkin but i don't like that it's delicious <laughs> it's way better than what would you say was black like- black coffee yes oh. which is enjoyable no it's not irish cream is more enjoyable than that if you want to talk about flavors i'd rather have irish Th- cream and this like- is way better than whatever that is <laughs> Um, what we thought was going to be kind of a, a ho-hum kind of a week has been ignited a little bit here by uh, Doug Peterson. And uh, Yeah, well, first, let me, yeah. let, me, let me start with this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I leave the stadium on Sunday from Minnesota. Right. And as everyone does, once a game ends, I put on the Go Birds pod. I'm right. listening. Yeah. Uh, I text in the group like, man, you were, you were in a bad mood. I don't hear from you for a few hours. I was worried. Like, you sounded yeah. sad on that pod. I was just like, I left James's house and I... I was just like, yep, I don't, I was like, man, I, I, I don't even feel like watching football. And uh, I came home and I looked Lady Barchard in the eye and I said, I'm going to go to bed. And wow. I did. And I went to bed at like six o'clock. Like right would, before. That's actually my brother's fault because he kind of kept us up the night before. But Who would have ever thought losing a bet to me would just send you in, <laughs> into a suicidal <laughs> depression? Oh, I don't mind paying that bet off. That's fine. What I will say is. Uh, Zach Brown is still right. It's still the weakest part of their offense. He just needed to, con- to continue the sentence and say, but because our secondary sucks so much ass, it doesn't matter. And no amount of pressures, which, by the way, the Eagles are still top five in, will not matter because if you're running wide open, then it becomes very silly. because so, a very silly game. The weakest part of the Vikings' offense is their offensive line. It's not Kirk Cousins. As no, we, as, I mean, sure, but yeah. yeah. As we saw, Kirk Cousins is perfectly capable of beating you. 
if you don't get good pressure on him, right? Like that's No, a- if you leave Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen wide open in blow coverages, yes, you're going to lose. Well, he made a lot of really good plays, but we don't we he don't did. have to talk about No, he about, did. I'm yeah. not trying to fight that off either. Right. I just Kirk Cousins has not changed, you know. It's going to be up and down. And yeah. it's usually up against the fucking birds and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's what I it's what I tried to tell you heading <laughs> into it, man. Like it was rough and I'll say like being in the stadium, it just it never felt like they had a chance in that game once it started. I mean, they fall behind quickly. The offense, once again, is, is terrible to yeah. start. It, it, and my biggest takeaway from the, your, your post-game pod was I'm actually not as down on the team as you are, and I think that's just because our expectations are very different. Like when I landed yeah. when I landed on the plane from Minnesota and I, I put on WIP and I'm listening to some of the reactions, like people are really upset about this team. But – this team is is what I've always said they are. They're they're an average team that finds ways to beat themselves. Like they'll go and they'll beat the Cowboys on Sunday. I, I think that's my pick as of now. And then they'll find a way to lose to the Giants later yeah. in the season. Like that's just who they are. I mean, they're in a 500 football funk. They've I think eight and nine in Carson and Doug's last 17 games. Uh, you know they, they're always behind a halftime. They're, they're, this is just who they are at this point. Like until I can see them string together three or four consecutive wins. Uh, it, it's just it's hard for me to take this team seriously as an actual Super Bowl contender. Yeah, and I don't feel as bad as I did on on Sunday. Even then, I knew like I know the season's not over, and that that was it was more or less my realization that you know for everything that we argued about uh, in the off season, there were still a lot of things we agreed on. But like to think that this entire secondary would there'd be nobody there, mm-hmm. I think is my biggest miss from this whole thing. Uh, and where my expectations were certainly plays into that and plays in for a lot of people because I don't think we wanted to believe. And the funny thing is Carson's not the problem. You know, there was that lead up to this offseason where it was like, is he going to stay healthy? And like, listen, there's still a lot of season left. He, that, that, that's a possibility right. there too. But, um, you know, seeing him play at uh, at this level has been really great. And it's not a thing that you could you could go and be like, okay, that's on the check. That's off you know the the uh, the list, and now we're on to the other things, and then everything else on the list is just abysmal outside of the offensive line. And like, I'm still really perturbed by a couple of different things that are being said after a couple of days after this. And the main idea that this Eagles team needs to stop deferring when they win coin tosses is absurd. What did you I, want? A, I agree. A three and out does that make it better? Running right. three times, and then you know it's still the same issue and the same problem of. Every, I think every single quarter, this first quarter, this uh, has has led up a score. If I if I remember correctly, every well, first definitely drive. Definitely Washington. I'm pretty sure the Falcons. Falcons definitely scored the on the opening didn't. drive. Uh, oh the yeah, Packers. Uh, Packers. The Jets, I almost I guess. think though the Jets game, you almost have to just like <laughs> it's make like its own whatever. anomaly. And yeah. and now after we see the Cowboys like lose to them with Sam Darnold. That would have been obviously closer, and they might have lost that game now, too. Yeah, and we don't have to get into this because there's definitely enough to talk about with the Eagles, yeah. but you mentioned one thing you were wrong about. One thing I it's looking like I'm going to be wrong about is the Cowboys might not be as good as I thought it's they the were. It's the same, yeah. And right. that, that's a big deal because now I do think you could win this division at 9-7, and 10-6. and yeah. six. So, so that is a big deal. I mean, obviously we'll find out this Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, look, the Cowboys losing losing was huge. I agree with you about the defer thing. I think it's silly. Like, it's yeah. not like... It's not like electing to get the ball first is all of a sudden going to make your your offensive game plan you had so much better. Yeah, uh, and imagine losing out on that second half touchdown. Like you would feel out of the game right. before it happened. Yeah. So I, I agree. I uh, here's one thing I I think we're going to disagree on 
But I'm not as firm. Well, I am pretty firm in my opinion, but maybe I'm wrong about how much a quarterback and head coach matter. But I think there's just been way too much focus on Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones this week. Like Malcolm Jenkins is the one that made the mental error that gave up that second one. You yep. can't have Malcolm making those type, type of mistakes. Yep. Jason Kelsey played a role in the fall in the delay of game in the third or fourth quarter when the game was still in balance that put them from a third and four to a third and nine. Like Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas are who they are. They're they're basically still in some ways like rookie type uh, cornerbacks that right. are making a few hundred thousand dollars that aren't maybe as good as how he wanted them to be. But Malcolm Jenkins, Jason Kelsey, Carson Wentz, like you need your best players to play better and to not make those big mistakes in those environments. So the Eagles did not lose this game because of Rasul Douglas. Rasul got beat by Stephon Diggs once deep. He definitely did. There's no denying that. The second touchdown was on Malcolm. Outside of that, I thought Rasul actually played okay. Sidney Jones is a problem. And I like Sidney. And I'm not saying you throw his career out yet, but he's clearly struggling. He's a problem. But... This team is not going to improve and become what we think they can be if Doug and Carson aren't better. That's right. it. That's it's end and end of the line. Like it's a quarterback and head coach league. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's changing now. I mean, you look at how much backup quarterbacks went, right? Like maybe the quarterback and head coach don't mean as much as they used to. But if Doug's as good of a head coach as we think he is, and Carson's as good of a quarterback, then how are they eight and nine in their last 17 starts. Like yeah. that That's not a small sample size. That's a full year. So when people are like, it's Sidney Jones, it's Rasul, like, no, it, it's Howie, it's Doug, it's Carson. Like yeah. the, the, the power structure of this team, somebody's not as good as we think they are. I don't know who it is yet, but one of them are not as good as, as we think. It's either Doug, it's Howie, or it's Carson because something is Honestly, not working out. Honestly, I think out. that starts with, with Howie and Coach before you get to that cuz like I don't need to see any more to to display like hey Carson's not that good. I don't I don't think that's there. I mean, he might not be elite, right. but he's not like going to ever be average in in my opinion. He'll yeah, have I, average games, he'll have, you know, above, he'll have like he'll be somewhere in that pocket, so I don't think he's an issue. Um my biggest problems right now and it's a, can I just say this? It is amazing how many turncoats that there really are out there when it comes to Howie Roseman. And now look at you. Like, you guys were the same people that are celebrating the draft, just like I was. Yep. You guys were the same people that thought Sidney Jones was going to come around. You thought that was a good pick at the time. Most of us celebrated Derek Barnett. What? Yeah, are, are there people in between there that want to be like, I'd rather have Dalvin Cook? Yeah. Yes, I'm not saying that you're alone in that, but the majority of people, and still through the last two and a half years, have said, wow, look at this team. Look how it's built. Look how this thing goes. We all overrated this team, including the general manager, in terms of like what what it is in terms of their goal and how I think and view the problems right now. The biggest thing is if you were if you know this is what I can't figure out, Ellie, maybe you can shine some light on me. If you're going to draft Dallas Goddard and you know that Zach Ertz is going to be there too, and you're not still really running the offense through them, but you're running a lot of twelve personnel because right. right now it's the only way you can run, but you're not successful in passing it like that to me, I, enough with the Deshaun stuff. I'm over it now. Like mm-hmm. you have to, what was the point of drafting him in the second round? Okay. So now, now it's two back-to-back second round picks that you expected to be here and they're not a part of the offense. Mac Hollins at this point 
had zero targets in 94 snaps or whatever it was. Is that right? Or maybe Something it's like receptions. That. Yeah. Probably receptions. I'm sure there was a target thrown in there. Like, I know that you and James have both said, listen, Matt Collins is better than JJ right now, but I don't care. Like, he needs to go play special teams and JJ needs to take over. If, yeah, if I don't disagree with you on if that you anymore. If you have no receptions, then what's the point? Give the kids some confidence at least. And none of those guys, neither Dallas Goddard or JJ Ortega Whiteside, are you imploring any type of using their strengths at, at anything? Anything. And that is baffling to me. If you want to critique that, I'm in that same pool with you i don't know what's going on there like you can't do that you can't draft these guys and then maybe this is i think of golden tate when this happens did they want a second tight end there or does that ruin doug's philosophy are they trying to fit in a bunch of these things Mm -hmm. that howie is saying and doing Uh, i'm not saying that there's any issue i'm uh, at all or that there would be something that's going to come up but if this trend continues where you're missing out on now Sidney Jones, Dallas Goddard, who we know is good, but it doesn't have a major role in J.J. Ortega Whiteside, who does not currently have a major role. I am sure coaches want to get is going to get involved at some point. Well, the interesting thing and there was there was a lot there, but the, the interesting thing about the J.J. pick is if you want to draft J.J. and I'm not saying he's extremely similar to Alshon, but he's way closer to Alshon than he is to Sean or Aguilar, just in terms of a body type right. of skill set. Right. So. If you're going to draft JJ, then why extend Alshon into 2020? Like, so what's what's JJ's and there's a lot to talk about other than the future, but what's JJ's role in 2020? Is he your slot receiver? Yeah. Is is what's he, his role now? Right, well, but 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 at least <laughs> yeah. but at least if you if you said okay, well Alshon's gone next year, he'll step in for Alshon. Then you say, okay, I I see that. But with Deshaun gone, it the Howie's lack of putting another speed option on this roster is extremely glaring because Baffling. you have Deshaun and then I still believe in Aguilar, but pretty clear he's not going to at least demand the respect that Deshaun does. Yeah. So where's the other speed option to, of, to stretch the uh, field? Hollins, I, and that's not really. And he's speed. not a yeah, yeah. He's not a speed option. Yeah. But um, I think with Howie, it's a little bit of they're losing, so every move looks bad now. Right. Yes. And I mean, I, I could make the argument that everyone's focusing on Sydney. Like, where's Derek Barnett? He was a top 15. It's another pick, one. Right. So you need him to be better than he is. So everything looks really bad right now. And I don't think it's as bad as it looks. But I do think there is a lot of reality in praising every like every time Howie makes a move. And the Zach Brown one is perfect. And we can get into oh, that. I can't wait to get into that. When Zach Brown is signed, everybody's like. Oh, Howie season. Look at this. Pro Football Focus had him as like the best linebacker, right? Right. And then he gets cut, and everyone's like, "Oh, he sucked anyway." Yeah. So it's it's not that. Like there was a reason Zach Brown was there that late. So I think that the shine is definitely rubbing off of Howie, and and rightfully so. I mean, when he won the Super Bowl in 2017, he hit on so many moves. His it, like it would be like buying ten lottery picks tickets and hitting on each one. Like it yep. just wasn't sustainable. But larger larger pitcher and uh, Rube has brought this up a lot. He's drafted one Pro Bowler since 2013. Yeah, it's, it's it. been a long time. So that you're not gonna you're not gonna win that way. Pro Bowlers don't really matter, by the way. I mean, like in terms well, but of it's a good indication. It, a good indica- well, but yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. very good indication, in my opinion, of like it's not it's not like he has a lot of Pro Bowler, no Pro Bowlers, and a lot of All Pro guys. Right. I mean, right. so and the team they're playing this week in the Dallas Cowboys, we can debate which roster's better. All these things, like at least their their young their team uh, players that are carrying them well. are drafted yeah, yeah, are drafted yeah. guys. Right. So. This Eagles team, again, has some fundamental problems, and it's either the GM, the head coach, or the quarterback. That's it. Like, one of them is not as good, and it's not going to matter who's a cornerback. He, he could go out and trade for Jalen Ramsey, give up two first-round picks. 
And it won't work because it, to me, it feels like the structure of this team is not as strong as we thought it was. And as high as I am on Doug, you can make a very strong case that this is not a well-coached team. They come out slow every week. They make a ton of mental errors, and they commit a lot of well, penalties. Well, you got a little feisty at the press conference, too. Yeah, he did. Right? When, like Bowen, when, I think Les had asked him, and yeah. I thought it was a fair question. It was. You know, because, and, like, why are you starting so slow? Do you not have your team prepared? Is it? And he was like, are you accusing me of not? I was like, damn, man. You know? Well, and also, like, are you accusing me of not having my team ready to go? Yeah. Where's well, the evidence I mean, you do? I, yeah, just I'm just asking, like, where, where, what are we missing? Right. Or what are they missing? Like, what's to define all this stuff? And, you know, just like I was saying before, and I don't think Schwartz should be left out of this conversation with this particular game either because I know Malcolm made the mental mistakes and things like that. But, like, you, you have to, I think – Schwartz got a lot of credit for adapting to what the situation was. And trust me, I, I'm a big proponent of saying, what else are you supposed to do when your second round pick is nowhere? Razul has no yeah. speed. You're still waiting on Darby to come back. And like at the end of the day, it's so hilarious because I'm sitting here in the offseason going, this is a good group of corners. They're not the best. They're not the worst, but it's good. And now that I doesn't st- look good at I all. I still feel that way uh, a little bit. Yeah, it just like I and again not playing to you guys' strengths, which every coach says I don't run a scheme and I'm going to find out what these guys do. But clearly, you're not really doing that if you feel comfortable enough on. Here's Rasul Douglas against Stefan Diggs. I know he's supposed to have help, but even it wasn't the first time. Even the even yeah. the big blow. Well, Rasul's that, not great know? against speed guys. It just no, is what it is. Just, and Stefan Diggs is a great route runner and a speed. Guy, but so. like, I, I know it sucks. But like, that, isn't that part of your philosophy of just? Hey, you know, guess what? Cover three and single high is not really working. Let's play Tampa two and just keep everything in front of us, and at least they won't beat us that deep. And then once we get closer to the end zone, I don't know if that would have helped. But, you know, at some point you just got to go, this is not working. Let's adjust. And it didn't do that at all. I do think, like, the Jim Schwartz thing, I think that that is a little more if he doesn't have the personnel to do it. And I know this is something me and you have agreed on. Like, how many games has a defense lost for them? I mean, Minnesota, you, this can, one is, you can make the yeah, argument. Right. Offense only scored 20 points. But I, I, I agree the defense was really not good. But against the Packers, they held them out of the end zone twice at the end of that yeah. game, right? So, yep. uh, you know, against the Lions, I think they only gave up 20. They were not good, great against the Lions. But um, the offense not getting in the 30s is, is a problem. I mean, you look around the league and— it's 20th in the league? Yeah, they're 20th That's, in the league in points. This is—you and I— Everyone said that they would be top five. Yes, they're twenty. And now, now the question is: <laughs> the question is, were we wrong about the talent, or are they, or are, are they just not executing? Like, what's the problem here? Because I know they're missing Deshaun, but yeah, you should still be able to score. I looked it up, and I think Carson, as a quarterback, in the forty-six or forty-five games, this is a very loose stat, right? Now, right. In the forty-six or forty-five games he started at quarterback, I think he's only led his team into the thirties. According to the box score, so some of those could be special teams, whatever. But I think seven or eight times. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, no. like the offense needs to get into the 30s more consistently, especially in today's NFL. So the question is, is it a Doug and Carson thing, or do they not have the tools around them to do it? I'm not sure. I know the answer to that because I do think Ertz is good. I do think Goddard is good. I do think Alshon's good. Yeah. But then I watch the Vikings and like Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. They just look different. Oh they, yeah, they, they just look, like look players. different. Yeah. But here's. And, and I agree, and that's why maybe like 17 is always just going to be the outlier with yes. everything because of the, the, the weak teams that they might have played throughout the schedule or whatever. But, I mean, we're just talking about the difference between having Torrey Smith here and not. That's it. What's really changed outside of those weapons? 
Well, you know, I mean, yeah, like I mean, the, run, the running backs, sure, yeah. but now you've added on, you've added Goddard. You can Everybody make, you loves can make Jordan the Howard. There's the, Miles Sanders. The players were better now than they were in 17. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, what's the fucking holdup, you know? And my my biggest issue is if you're going to, if Alshon Jeffries is your number one wide receiver and finally they did it, you went to him. You know, there yeah. were opportunities to go in there. If Deshaun's not there, then get comfortable with Alshon. He's been in this position before. Um, and even if it means like, and now like, there's no way the Jets are trading Robbie Anderson after like a 92 you know yard touchdown right. or whatever it was, and that's the if that's an element that's missing in your offense. But Alshon Jeffrey was a part of that, and Torrey Smith in in his production alone wasn't enough to completely slow down the offense. I just feel like it hasn't been creative enough. And honestly, I from a Minnesota standpoint alone. Carson Wentz, I'm going to say it again, Carson Wentz is your best weapon on offense, and every time he doesn't have the ball, you're hindering it. Every time you lead to handoff with Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders, you are hindering that. Do you, John, do you want him throwing 40 times a game? Yes, I fucking do, because he can, you so, know? You, I, I, <laughs> yo, so I, I completely agree with yeah. you. I mean, Carson didn't throw a pass in that game until they were down 10 nothing, And they got into a rhythm as soon as they did. Right. So get him going first. None of this get the offensive line going crap that we've yeah. like tried to talk about. For, yeah, for get as him much going. as we have somewhat differing opinions on Carson, I completely agree with you on that. But what I thought was interesting was uh, Nelson Aguilar was on the Players Lounge with me and Ike Reese on Monday, and he was very much like, get the running game going. Get the running game going yep. to complement the pass. And I disagree with that, but you know he, he knows obviously a lot yeah. about football. So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but I agree. When they came out and they were running against the Vikings, three straight runs to start the game. I'm like, what are you? What are you, what are you what doing? And I get one of them was a he checked out of it. And it yeah. was supposed to be a pass. But look, like you don't. I hate the money excuse, but you don't pay Carson all this money to have him hand it off. Like no. Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders are not going to run this team to the playoffs. So I, I agree. For better or worse, and I thought Carson was. It's hard for me to say a quarterback played really well when he loses by 18. It just is. But but he did. Yeah. It's I, just, I mean. Yeah. He, he should have, yeah, you need to put the team on his back. And that's why this Sunday against Dallas, like, I want Carson throwing the ball 40 times. Yeah, Just, like, there, sh- if there shouldn't gonna, be any reason If he's going to win or lose it. and he's going to be the, you know, it's his win-loss record, it's his team, like, then give him a chance. Like, yeah. don't run the ball. The way that this offense hummed was never about getting the run going. It was against certain opponents, yes, of course. Like, Green Bay, you know that's... That's the same thing that Detroit tried to do, like on Monday Night Football. Like it's yeah. the same. Everyone has the same mo when it comes to that. Uh, but when it's stuff like this, when you know that the Vikings uh, in trying to throw like you know Eric Hendricks off balance and all that, it's you got to have you got to be extremely creative when it comes to the run game. And they weren't. It was line up and let's go. And you, you could almost like see it. On a, on a couple of those possessions, and, to just what, shake your head and just be like, "Oh my god, I can if I can see this, they can see this." One thing that Doug said that really frustrated me was he's talking about the offense in the beginning of games, and he says, "We're right there, we're right there." You know, it's one or two things. Like, bro, you've been right there since week one of last year. Yeah. Like, I I still have confidence this team can make the playoffs, but on the flip side, I'm not sure I have confidence they can turn it around to begin games because it's been now you know, 18 games or whatever. Him and Carson have been behind in eight of the last 11 starts together, and they've lost six of those starts. So the fatal flaw for this team is the beginning of games. And it sounds like a broken record, and it sounds like it's just my one point I'm sticking to, but it is. Like, that's the problem. Like, you can have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You can have Dan Marino and whoever, right? Like, you can have the best quarterback ever. And if you're behind at every single game in halftime, you're not going to win 80% 80% of those games. You're going right. to be, if you're lucky, a 500 team. 
Yeah, and it, like that's what concerns me is like it, this is this is this is the same kind of. There's no there's no back issue. There's no you know I, I I can't really put my finger on it either. It's just uncreative, um, and like where do you go from here? That's it. Well, that's Doug, my question and, to you. Do you think they can like? What's your confidence level of them stringing together? Four or five wins in a row. Zero. Zero. Zero percent chance. That, like you want to go back and forth, sure. And this is this is and and everybody's going, John. It's just one game. It's three, you know whatever. This could flip and they could be Dallas and be Buffalo. Sure. What what where is that happening? Well, now? They, they, I mean, look. You like know? I was on with Angelo a few weeks ago, and I, I I said like the Eagles. The three words to describe the Eagles are sloppy, talented, and average. Yeah. Those are the three teams that words that best describe them. So they could absolutely go to, they can beat any team on any given week. They could go to Dallas and win. They could go beat Buffalo. But you know what? They're very capable of losing to the Giants at home. Like Definitely. that's just, that's just who they are. So, but the good news is Dallas might not be that good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what they're so, talking about in Dallas right now? I, I just, I always just check in on the radio.com app, which will, by the way, you can uh, 105.3 the fan. You know what they're talking about? Who can replace Jason Garrett? Yeah. Which is crazy to hear, like during a you know a, a Tuesday afternoon, and you're just sitting there going like, "Oh my god!" Like they're talking about, can we pry away Lincoln Riley? And they're having all these conversations I about mean, it. Dallas needs this win more than the Eagles do. They certainly do. Yeah, it, like they're Jason Garrett needs it. I mean, Jesus, the, the <laughs> not slap, uh, not uh, not getting high fives from your own. I mean, that's maybe the people kind of r- run with that, but. It's embarrassing. I, 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 I think, think it's, it's embarrassing. It's telling. I yeah. think it's telling. Yeah. You would never They're see that with, with Doug. You would yeah. never see that with Doug. Um, and I thought Tony Romo said something interesting on the broadcast that it looks like he's calling the plays now, which is weird because Kellen Moore had a ton of success, granted, against bad teams. But yeah, I, the, the Cowboys are a mess. The only hesitation I have in picking the Eagles is like losing four games in a row is hard. If you're even a decent team, losing four games in a row is really hard. Yep. So I think the Eagles would actually have a better shot if the Jet, if they would somehow beat the Jets. I just think they're so desperate at this point. So it's, it's a tough game to pick. I think I'm leaning Eagles, but it's definitely a, a very, a very tough team to, game to pick. I don't think I'm ever going to be swayed up. And I mean, I thought this was a loss last week. Oh, you're I, picking Cowboys. And I, yeah. Like, right. this is, it's just, you know, like, they're, they're, in, listen, like, always glad to be wrong, but like, I'm never going to feel like this team can win again. Well, there's Until no... They, they're going to have to define those three wins in a row or something like that for me to kind of jump yeah. back on board. I, mean, I need to see something dramatic. Differently. You're kind of where I was after the loss to the Falcons. Because I remember yeah. when they beat the Falcons... Or, sorry, going into that Falcons game, I picked the picked the Eagles, even though all offseason I thought there was a loss. And then they lost, and I was like, that's it. I know what this team is. I'm yeah. well aware of right. who this roster is. So, But the only thing is... On paper, there's no reason they should beat the Cowboys, right? Like, the Cowboys have beat them three of the last four times that matter. They've led in all those games. They've never beaten, I'm pretty sure the Eagles have never beaten the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott on the field. Sunday night at home, Dallas desperately needs it. There's a lot of reasons to pick the Cowboys, but even though I know I'm going to be wrong, I think, I do think I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yeah, there is a little bit of hope, at least, like, if Darby does come back. Oh, I. I, to me, Darby. I I almost and, don't want Darby. Playing. And Jalen Mills comes back like yeah. that makes me feel a little better. And I know people are just like, "What's the difference?" But you're going to see a difference, like of of a sieve between a guy that goes and competes. And I think Malcolm Jenkins, when saying that he doesn't have any confidence in you know, or like there's guys that don't live live confidence, and 
you ain't no sucker or get off the field well, or whatever. I think we all know who he's was. talking about. Yeah, he's talking about Sidney Jones. Yeah. And that is 100% true because a, a, a bunch of people try to say, like, well, that's what happens when you blow out your Achilles. And maybe you're still thinking of that. I don't think it's like maybe it's not a, a direct confidence thing. I actually thought he bounced back okay, like after the first half. But, you know, I mean, well, still, still the same amount of the same with Razul, too. I mean, they both bounced back, but not, not in a way. And this is what I think people forget. It's not like, oh, Jalen Mills is here and now there's this big talent that they've been missing for a while. But the mentality of Jalen Mills is what has been missing in the secondary ever since he got hurt. I also think you'll see, like, Fletcher's having a bit of a rough year. Although when I rewatch the game, Fletcher Cox, obviously. Yeah. Uh, when I rewatch the game, it's clear that going into that game, the Vikings were concerned about the pass rush because they moved Kirk Cousins out a lot. They did a lot of things that yep. in the game plan. It was like, okay, the defensive line won this matchup before it even began. And I actually thought Fletcher Cox was dominant against the run and, and better than I thought watching it live. That being said, Fletcher Cox has had a down year because he missed all offseason. Jalen Mills missed half of last year, all offseason, training camp, and half of this right. year, basically. So well, He's on a pitch count, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think to expect a lot of Jalen Mills, even though I think he'll be an improvement, uh, it's it's asking a lot. But here's what I'll say in defense of Sidney and Rasul and all these guys. It, it, it is extremely difficult to play cornerback in Jim Schwartz defense, and it's extremely cor- difficult to play cornerback in the NFL in general. So, yeah. When you're going up against Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, like it's just really hard. Like it's just really, really hard. So was Sidney good? No, he wasn't. Did Rasul make mistakes? Yeah, he did. But I again, I don't think the issue on this team is cornerback. I really don't. I, I think it's the pass rush isn't as good and the offense struggles. Like I for, completely disagree. So you think for what it's worth. Okay, so if you think if they got Jalen Ramsey. How many times how many times did Kirk Cousins move off his first spot? Hardly in the first half when they scored all those right. points, hardly ever. But, but what did I tell you during the preview? If that that's the only thing that concerns me is if they can't stick with their guy for a normal amount of time, then the pass rush doesn't. But don't matter. you think that that's that's always like Jim Schwartz's defenses have always been in the in the twenties in passing yards. Like yeah. how many cornerbacks have played for Jim Schwartz over his career? Hundreds, right? Yeah, and they're always in the low twenties. So it's hard for me to say that. All of a sudden, it's not Jim Schwartz, or it's not the scheme, or it's right. They're just they're giving up yards, like. But the- right, yes, but here's the difference between what we saw against the Vikings this year as opposed to last year. Last year was paper cuts to death. There wasn't any big time plays that were over the top outside of Adam Thielen, you know, and Jalen Mills biting on the double move right. and that whole thing. There wasn't any humongous plays. It was just this, this, this. That's why Kirk Cousins was at 80% that game or whatever. Now, when you just go, fuck it, we're just going to put as much pressure on you as possible, and that's the result, I'd rather pick my poison the other way, and that's the biggest difference right now. Well, so I could be misremembering, but they obviously had the two really long touchdowns, right? And one of those was on Malcolm, so that's not on the cornerback. One of those on Malcolm. So that's one long play. The touchdown that Stephon, the catch made that's, uh, the catch that Stephon Diggs made in the back of the end zone was, Decent coverage. I mean, that was just an amazing catch. No, no, no. And that wasn't a long play. I mean, you can't do much else. Right. It was just an amazing catch. And for what it's worth, who on the Eagles is making that catch? I don't know. Nobody. So, uh, like, it's not like they, you know, were just like bomb, 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 bomb. I mean, a little bit of it was... You know, dink and dunk, or at least longer These are dink and dunks. Bigger chunk I should plays, say. Like, yeah. it's not like yeah. They're they're like fifteen to twenty yard completions right. each time. I just look like if they trade for Jalen Ramsey, people will get really excited, and everyone will be you know, okay, this is it, we're gonna go, and then he'll be on an island a lot, and like every corner in the league, he'll get beat sometimes, or Malcolm will. will make a mistake, right. right? Like, and the offense will struggle. So, I I don't think trading for Jalen 
Ramsey changes a ton. I mean, it, it makes him better, but it I don't think it changes his team from like a nine win team to a twelve win team. So you're saying the best one of the best corners in the planet will yes. not change the way that this defense plays. No, it will, but I don't think it'll be as dramatic as people. Then think. why is Jim Schwartz here? Is my next question then in your mind. Well, <laughs> that's a good question. And, and to me, the biggest disconnect might not be from Howie to Doug in terms of personnel. It might be from Howie to Jim Schwartz because mm-hmm. who who knows? Like Sidney Jones in his, is not a prototypical corner for him. No. At all. Razul is. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that, Cra- that Cravon guy, is, right. Jalen Mills Jaylen is. Jalen Mills is, Cravon is. Yeah, exactly. Like right. all these guys, and then maybe it's just because of, honestly, it is, like to me, it is the noggin. It really is. Yeah. Like uh, I heard uh, Roddy McLeod come on the midday show and say that it's really not about confidence, about technique and the details. And it takes a really special person to be consistent all the time. That part of the statement I agree with. But the other part, no way. I mean, corner wide receiver is all about confidence. Then it's about technique first because there is guys that have the sloppiest fucking footwork I've ever seen. But they know that they can go and beat you. Jalen Mills. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, or not no speed and they'll still beat you and they'll be back there the next time yeah. and the next time and the next time and the next time. And yeah. I, I think that that's part of it. But though, I think when Jim Schwartz's defense are at their best, it's when they're not giving up. They, like you can give up a 60-yard catch. You can't give up a 70-yard touchdown. If you right. give up the 60-yard catch and you stop him at the 15, we've seen Jim Schwartz's defense, maybe not as much this year, but pretty consistently you know, Ben don't break, right? right? Like you give up three instead of seven. And in 2017, when the offense was scoring in the high 20s, low 30s, that was fine because right. you give up two touchdowns, three field goals, and you know, you're at 20, 22, 21 points. I can't do the math quickly, but <laughs> uh, well, 14 plus nine, yeah, it's 23, yeah. right? Yeah, so, there you go. so, but the difference is when, when you, when you have the mental errors and you're giving up the long touchdowns and you don't even have a chance to not break, like yeah. the, you, the dam is broken. So, right. I, I think if they can clean that up, you'll see things turn around. Um, but again, it's it's the offense. It's it's the offense is the problem with this team. Yeah, um, and that has been an issue since 2018. And that's like, you know, it, n- none of it looks the same. It doesn't look smooth. It doesn't look comfortable. The only times I saw it smooth is again, you're down ten nothing. Okay, Carson, you're in control. Let's right. let's do this thing here. All right, before we get into into Doug, uh, you know, we all needed a, a cleansing, a refreshing uh, kind of kind of week. And uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you: if I didn't drink Liquid Death during the post game pod, I don't know if I would have survived. To you might have actually been you. dead. Yeah, like liquid it, death brought you back to yeah, life. It it murdered my thirst, and not only it murdered whatever was in my body because yeah. I was I was not feeling great. So thank you to those guys as always, and uh, like my my biggest thing with them is how cool their their mantra is for death to plastic is yes i i see them all over wip it's disgusting how many water bottles that there are and i know that they just go to some wasteland that it's no longer recyclable guys like it's it's people can't reuse plastic that's how much that, that is, is a wild fact by that the is way. crazy to me yeah it's so wild. uh if you're unfamiliar liquid death is the coolest looking 16 ounce tall boy that looks like you're drinking any type of beer uh and it allows you to look cool while drinking water and it also saves the environment they're great guys they're great people they support us you need to support them uh elliot has has changed his mind completely about drinking out of water bottles well so 
my girlfriend always gets mad at me at home because I pour huge glasses of water with ton of ice and I barely, rarely drink all of it. <laughs> so it would be nice just I you know, now that I have the liquid death, I just go to the fridge, I got a tall boy can yep. and, and everyone wins. It's done. 16 she doesn't ounces. see me pouring all the water, I get to drink my perfect amount without her actually knowing how much is gone. So works out. And I saw the big box of the liquid. I saw you just got a new shipment yes. in the midday office. Yeah. It's a cool box. It is. Gotta it, say. Cool box. They send you cool stickers every time you do it too, so you can slap it on everywhere. It's very punk rock. It's very straight edge looking. And it's it's literally free. It's yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> it it just depends on how you feel about your soul. Obviously I sold mine because like I don't yeah. I don't feel anything well, anymore when it comes off to the Off of the last post game pod, it's pretty clear. <laughs> your your soul is in not a great place right Tried now. Try to get it back, but it's all good. And yeah. all, that's all you go to liquiddeath.com to sell your soul to just try out for a free case of water. And then if you're already sold, uh, I can save you two dollars simply by going to liquid death dot com slash go birds and uh let let the death to plastic continue uh with all of you guys that are listening here so run later you know get uh, get things going in a different direction and i know doug's trying to do that this week when he comes on the morning show and says we're gonna go down there we're gonna win that football game and we're gonna be in control or we're gonna be a first place in the nfc east then he goes to the press conference and almost backs off of it semantics aside you were guaranteeing a win. Yes, agreed. And you I don't think it was at first because I texted Ellie and I go, or you texted us and I, I, I'm not sure that was the right move. And I go, yeah, I don't know either. I, I didn't like it the second I heard But it. I liked it less when you back off of it. And if you want to be, because listen, uh, Doug said in, in, in 2017 that this that team had the same amount of talent as the 96 Packers and got laughed at. I liked it when he said it then because I go, yeah, you're trying to galvanize your team. You're trying to yes. get it going. I, I see the response is already working with Malcolm, with Brandon Graham last night, with you guys. Uh, and I, I think it was the right thing to say. I think it was calculated. I don't think it's the right thing to go back off and, and do it. I would have stood up at the podium and said, uh, so did you guarantee a win? I would have said, I said what I said. I'm preparing for Dallas. Yeah. Next question. I, I agree with that. That's all you had to do there. But the only issue I have with it is like, Camus said his thing last year, and that backfired. Zach Brown yeah, said his thing. Yeah, but he said the Dallas Cowboys choke at the end. That's different. Well, but he, he If took, he said, we're going to go took, down to Dallas and we're going to win, that's different. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I guess this is more confidence. That's more of a shot. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm okay with it, but, you know, it, it, you better win then. Like, it's, it's right. pretty nope. simple. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as you win, it doesn't matter. Like, if the Eagles beat the Vikings, Zach Brown is probably still here. Like, I, I think Zach Brown was cut because of his statements. I'll, I'll ask you. If Zach Brown doesn't, I think Zach Brown was cut because he sucks. Okay, he does. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah. But if Zach Brown doesn't say the thing about Kirk Cousins, is he still on the roster? Nope, I don't think so. Oh, I do. Really? Well, Nigel's hurt, right? Yeah. How, how bad do you really think Zach Brown is? Unless there's some type of trade coming or some type of signing coming that right. we don't know about. Well, it's my boys coming up. Alex Singleton's going to be Maybe, part of this yeah. 53 man again, roster. I don't think Zach Brown's good, but I do feel this was like a last straw type of thing. Him saying that. In my opinion. And there's something obvious that, that I don't think it's just this one comment. No, I think there's probably a lot of different probably, things. And it all adds up to his play and all the right. other stuff. And yeah, sure. Like, I I, I think it's, I, I'm really curious what Jim Short says today about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I bet you I know what he'll say. He's going to go, oh, that's that, that that decision's above me. Of you know, course, that, that, yes. that, that's a head coach. You'd yeah. have to ask. You'd have to so ask that's what I, that. you know, I wish that. We're smart enough by now to be like, I know it's above you, but what did you? What was your initial feelings about Zach Brown not being here? Yeah, but the, like from someone that's been <laughs> at those press conferences, like Jim Schwartz is a master. They're, they're not so. going to say anything. They're just yeah. not. Like they're they're just not. Um, uh, yeah, I have, I have a fake field goal take for you, by the way. Oh yeah, like 
everyone shut the fuck up about the fake field goal. <laughs> it's it's it didn't work. It was a bad call. If it worked, it would have been a good call. The Vikings made a great play. I actually thought Jake Elliott did like the best job you could possibly ask for. Yep. He got he snapped the ball. He looks, it's not there. He moves over, keeps his eyes downfield, throws it across his body. Almost made a good throw. I think it was Trey Waynes that knocked it away, or it was yeah. whoever the Vikings defender was that knocked it out of Goddard's hand. Actually made a pretty good play, jumping <laughs> up and putting it away. Like they didn't lose that game because of that. I get people want to talk about it because it's different and it's interesting and all that. Yeah. But they lost that game for a lot of reasons. That's the game in the first quarter. And also Again. this this whole like it didn't make any sense. There were twenty seconds left. Well, but here's why it did. <laughs> no, there, made no sense. Okay, but there were twenty seconds left on the clock, right? If the play works as they thought it would. Dallas Goddard even get either gets out of bounds or scores a touchdown. They they ran that play based off what they had saw, thinking that Goddard was going to be get open. The po- I get the whole process of it. Okay, here's my issue: Carson Wentz. We just got through saying is your best. That's your best player. It's your best option. You should just go for it on fourth and five. Be that ballsy. But couldn't the counter that to that be then when they ran the Philly special? Like had that not worked, and this is what this whole fake field goal thing made me realize. Oh, man. If the Don't Philly special the didn't well, but here's why. Here's why they're comparable. Because it's easy to say now, like, well, Carson's better throwing the ball than Jake Elliott. Like, obviously, yes. But the whole point is to catch them off guard. Like, if talking about somewhere that you're on, where were they? The yard and a half line? Talking about yard and a half? They were going for it anyway. Regardless, we all were screaming for it. Right. It's a big time moment. Like, you're right there. If the same scenario plays out, and you want to go for a fake field goal at the one and a half, I have no problem with that. It's fine. I would still rather you just go for it with Carson Wentz or whoever your quarterback is. Yeah. But if you want to do something different and they're giving you a look there, that's fine. You're at you're in basically no man's land. Jake Elliott's already kicked a 53-yard field goal. Just go yeah, kick but, the damn kick and stop being so cute. But they spent all week seeing this on film and thinking, okay, this will work, right? Like, So I don't really hate that. And I also just like – it would be like if on fourth and one they pitched it back – which I was one of my least favorite calls on fourth and one. But if they saw something that they thought was going to work, it's a bad call, but it's not worth like focusing on for days. Like I, that's what well, I. It's that's, like fourth and eight when in a, in a Giants victory, right? Exactly. <laughs> like they lost by eighteen points. If they score a touchdown yeah. there, maybe it changes things. Maybe it sparks a team. Who knows? But I don't know. I didn't. I, think- I just think it, just to, I, we won't go twelve rounds on it. But like. If you are ballsy enough to realize that your expected win total is going to go up, if you score a touchdown right here and get the ball back, which is probably what the analytics told him, then be ballsy enough to just go for it on fourth and five. Because you know what? Didn't... A field goal is not going to change Wait, anything. But, right, but he might have thought, and this will be the last one, yeah. and then we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll, we'll rule words. it a tie. Yeah. But he, he thought that his best chance of converting that fourth down was on the fake field goal because he thought – of what they had seen, he's going to catch him off guard. I agree with you. Carson is who you want. That's who you want the ball to, he, in his hands. But there's also an element of surprise thing. So it is what it is. It lost by 18 points. But I'm just surprised how fixated people are on it. Yeah. Um, I, um, I I will say this, going back to uh, Doug in the comments and everything on uh, the morning show with Angelo, like it has definitely reached Dallas. And there Although are, they seem not to care that much about uh, it. There was only one quote, and it was, I think it was from Michael Gallup, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, which is saying, like, if you need to invoke that and have somebody, like, motivate you and not yourself, and this is what right. Dak always says, and that, man, first of all, shut the fuck up. There are so many other things that motivate us in life, and 
for the guy that like puts all his trust in you and his career in you and all this for him to go out and say that and and say set the tone and be a leader for it it would have been fine i wouldn't have no problem i would have laughed at jason garrett because he's clearly not res- respected as doug peterson right but even if dak prescott said we're gonna go in there and go and win football players need to worry less about that too. but i do like, think there's who cares but man. there is an aspect of it like bill belichick is known for using those type of things to motivate i'm like that's this is why ultimately i think that if i was doug i wouldn't have said it because like to your point the eagles should be motivated enough i i think that billboard material motivates the opposing team more than it does his team and i'll also say if doug feels like he needed to say that let's 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 pretend that doug went into angelo's call saying i'm gonna say this because i think my team needs it let's give him the respect of thinking that well then clearly he thinks his team needs it like that and that to me would be concerning as well if he, yeah. if he if he thought he needed to do something like that, like some type of publicity stunt, for lack of a better word. Yeah, but in just into uh, I, I don't know. I think to show confidence publicly is fine, rather than just like, yeah, we're gonna be prepared and go down every week. Like, who cares? Well, because we, we know that because answer. why why say it unless you thought your team needed to hear it? Because they do. But it's well, that, but that, but do. that's a larger that to my point though. Then that's a larger. I don't think that's any larger than looking at three and three and being like, Get, let's fucking go, guys. Like, what's the deal here? But just say it in a team meeting. Then. Well, you can. He does. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, he says it everywhere. I think like, one, just <laughs> to say it publicly and be, I think the reason why he did it is not to point at the team. It's to point to me. Do you think it was premeditated? Distra- Absolutely, I do. Okay. I think the whole thing was to, this is on me now. It's not on Carson. It's not on Malcolm Jenkins. It's not on Sidney Jones. It's not on anybody else. If I don't have my team prepared, it is on me because yes. I said we're going to go in there and win, and I believe that these guys can go and do it. And everybody needs to calm down because the sky is falling. We'll be four and three, and we'll be the leaders in the division. That's it. you know. Yeah. And people are trying to make this like, oh, my God, these guys aren't motivated. Yes, they are. Of course they are. If someone that – I'll say it again. Someone that you believe in their word and their trust and by their actions, those guys love Doug. If he comes Without out and question. says it publicly, then they got They know they got to step it up big time because, you know, even Brandon Graham was saying it's the Dallas Cowboys, so I don't really need the extra money. I'm always fired yeah. up for it. But, you know, some of the younger guys that haven't been around, that's what I'm saying. In the same way that you get mad at Gabe Kapler for saying dumb things and positive things and, you know, it's to protect his clubhouse. Yeah. It's to protect his team the Gabe from Kapler going out and saying quote it. quote thing was always the dumbest thing to me. But <laughs> it is what it is. But it's just, it's, I, I think it's the, the same exact issue here. So we'll have plenty to talk about on Thursday, I'm sure, as, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know, any, any other last words here, what they're going to do with these two roster spots that are open? I think it's weird they have two roster spots. I also think it's weird they cut Ryan Lewis on Monday. Like, I get that that's for Jalen, but why not have Ryan Lewis stay here all week I mean Jalen can practice and not count as a roster spot right so maybe there's there could be some type of rule I'm not thinking of but I just think it's odd they have two roster spots I mean you don't really see that a lot during the regular season normally if there's a move there's a corresponding one right away yep not saying it's Howie season but I don't <laughs> I mean, know I think it's, 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 it's definitely eye emoji like I definitely think it's it's weird it's hashtag eye emoji uh, by the way if just a, my last thing is uh, can we get and we finally put the rest that uh, the whole Jalen Ramsey and Shad Khan thing was a, was a complete sham, and the heart to heart is now dead. And it's clear they're. Go- I think it's pretty on. clear they're going to trade him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all the detractors, uh, so, the bus is right over there, and the ones that stayed faithful know that this there's still a possibility that this thing might happen. Which, listen, let I, me ask you has your has your opinion changed on Jalen? Would you give up two first round picks in a second? I know. On the last pod, you said maybe not because you were feeling depressed. No, I. Uh, but I. I. I oh, I you said, did say he's young talent. I, I, I said yeah. he's young talent. You go and get young talent. But I'm not. 
I'm not spending capital on Chris Harrison. I'm not spending capital would on you trade? I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Would, you, would you trade a first for Patrick Peterson? Ooh, uh, it's probably one above two, two, like a two, yes. Because he's only 29. Yeah, like he's yeah. not, people just say like, oh, he's old and he's done and whatever. But a two is worth, you're not going to find Patrick Peterson in round two. The interesting thing about- I don't know if you're ever going to find a corner again. Like, can I just say that? <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. The interesting part is, if they trade for a guy like Jalen or uh, Patrick Peterson, I would just be curious as to who they bench. Yeah. I mean, do you ship someone off with him? Like, Probably. Yeah. I would, I would assume that the Arizona Cardinals would be like, we'll take a shot on Sidney Jones. Yeah, you bring him on here. I, and I think, for what it's worth, I think it would be good for Sydney to. to yeah, get he a needs fresh a different start. spot for yeah. sure. Like I don't. Philly's it's a, a tough place to play. Yeah, it's un, It's really unfortunate. Like it's just, and I tweeted it out during the game. But you look at all of his college instincts, and it is nothing like you're seeing here. Which again, you know, I've been very stubborn about like whatever. It can't be. It can't. How bad could it be with Jim Schwartz? But it literally could just be the worst fit ever for both of those it could, guys. Yeah. You know, Playing cornerback for Jim lot. Schwartz is really, really hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard mentally. It's hard physically. Like <laughs> it's just it's super hard. Like it just, it just is. Yeah. So, uh, and my other quick final thought is, listen to Elliot Shore Parks more, man. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. We might not like it, but could have could have told you that for that Vikings. Game. I mean, pretty much he's what he'd been like eighty five percent right, basically on everything so far. So well, it means I'm getting ready to be really wrong about something. <laughs> so <laughs> Eagle, yeah, okay. Well, I got to decide on a pick. I guess we'll make it Friday. Yeah, I'm torn. But we will. Uh, we will certainly do that. We've got uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up this week. Thursday night uh, for our preview pod, we'll actually be at Nick's uh, Roast Beef. Right here in Philadelphia. So Wednesday that's, night too. Uh, we got Parks on Wednesday. Don't oh, we? it's Parks on it's Parks tomorrow. I thought Parks was Friday. This is think, no. It, yeah, it's the 18th, <laughs> so it's Friday. <laughs> this is the second this time. Is the second done time, this. both yeah. in the group chat and now. Yeah. So Parks Casino Friday night from five to seven. Uh, we will be hanging out and doing a doing a pod there, focusing mainly on you know a lot of, a lot of the gambling aspects in this game, but certainly well, we'll touch. That's up where on I'll be wrong. We talk about yeah. me wrong. Yeah. I'm ready to well, be wrong. Listen, I, haven't, I haven't had a right bet in weeks, so you yeah. know hasn't hasn't been great for me either. And then uh, yeah, Thursday for. Uh, our Bud Light, you know, Thursday night get together. We'll obviously talk about anything that's going on fantasy wise for that particular game, but mostly just the preview show, and we'll have our final predictions there. So, Nick's Roast Beef Wednesday, uh, Friday uh, at Parks Casino, and of course uh, Mayfair from one to three on Sunday because it's another away game. Is uh, you get to news. enjoy the? I'll be uh, here for Go Birds Radio on Saturday. Oh, nice. My flight's not till five fifteen. Oh, beautiful! I love this. There we this. go. Yeah, there it is. Right to the airport. Um, keep the we have a. I, we will get into the the mail take bag on Thursday because we've actually uh, gone old school, and some people have written me emails for wow. that in particular. And I think they raise some good points, especially he, hating Elliot. Uh, I got Park, a. So. Uh, I got a funny email today. Oh yeah. So it was from North Dakota Mama. So you might <laughs> you might imagine she didn't she didn't agree with my Carson takes, but you know what's yeah. funny about this when people do it. So she puts North Dakota mama where like she's clearly trying to hide who it is. Yeah. And then if you just click show email, it says like her exact name at gmail.com. Like, <laughs> so I do love the emails though. Yeah. yeah. Like if you tweet me something, I know you believe it to a certain degree. If you email me, I know yeah, like. It's like could be a little. Uh, no, no. To me, the email is like you really believe it. Yeah. Like yeah. you're like, <laughs> I'm going to take the time to open my email, craft this email. Like, so I respect the email. Yes. I, uh, I appreciate the email game. Uh, as well. Uh, once again, liquiddeath.com uh, to go sell your soul for a free case of water. Or if you're already convinced and you've been a, a great proponent of uh, of uh, supporting them and supporting us at liquiddeath.com slash go birds, $2 off every case that you buy. For Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard. And as they said in the old country, go birds. Go birds.